0: On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment? Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11, for Dave and
1: Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. This is part two of our episode with Joe Paluzzi. Where most of these programs go wrong is the audience is too broad and the differentiator is too broad. Your story is too broad. It sounds to me like your story is, is absolutely niche. Like I think you've got a story there. I don't think you necessarily have to work on, oh, we have to go more niche into the story unless there's 50 other organizations that do what you do.
0: This is another episode of our innovation and leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, I want to invite you to get involved with Child Rescue, the charity our founder started. To learn more about them, just come to our website, iCollective.co, and check on the Child Rescue tab on our menu. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really... Uh, got led to start this business bookly that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services and i'll tell you why i let them become a sponsor it's because i use their service now i don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that i know software could do way way cheaper but uh, i don't love bookkeeping at all so i want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff i don't understand Uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me though the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also Um, so totally suggest checking them out go to their website bookly.co and check out their flat rates i've been super happy with them so now on to today's episode Uh, we left off we've been talking about your new book killing marketing obviously our company and our podcast is a big fan of you guys have been for years uh, for everybody who doesn't know, just how much of a behemoth <laughs> content marketing Institute has become, can you talk a little bit about just how the Airbnbs of the world and the the Gees of the world have come to you guys for advice and kind of um, how you got on this wave early and and really rose to the top of that?
1: Just it's really ridiculous. I don't know if you want me to go through the whole thing, but yeah, just uh, give us an b- overview. I, I it's 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 a cr- so basically, I'll I'll give you the short story on how we fell into this content marketing thing. I mean, two thousand seven. I was at a big media company called Penton Media. I had an entrepreneurial itch I absolutely had to scratch. I thought that there was an opportunity in this new area called uh, we called it custom publishing or custom media, and basically, you know, building your own audience through, um, and, you know, valuable, relevant content creation. But I didn't think that those titles, those topics, were sexy enough or phrases. And as I did enough uh, you know, discussion with chief marketing officers and people that I was trying to sell to from like 2000 to 2007 at this media company, I realized that I thought there was an opportunity around the term content marketing, that we could actually hang our hats on that because I think that CMOs were interested in that. And they're like, oh, content marketing, I like that. Uh, yeah, we do it or we don't do it or tell me more about it and so you know created a blog um you know my own blog in april of 2007 it was a couple of days after i left pent media and my first uh blog post was what is content marketing and just came right out like content marketing had always existed and basically the practice area as you know from listening to our podcast this old marketing it's it's over you know 300 years old i mean if you if you look at uh, you know ben franklin was doing content marketing for his printing company you know back in back in the day so we've got really good examples of that but nobody understood it as content marketing and then in 2007 2008 right in the middle of the the recession right it was horrible So we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Just kept putting out great content over and over. And then basically what what happened is five times a week we were doing educational blog posts around the practice area of content marketing. We repositioned in May of 2010 or pivoted, if you will, around the new brand called Content Marketing Institute. And there was that moment we said, look, if we're going to really make this happen, we need to have the leading online destination for content marketing. We have to have the leading print uh, magazine for content marketing and we have to have the leading event for content marketing. So we launched chief content officer magazine in in January of 2011. And then in September of 2011, we launched what is what was came, became content marketing world. We were hoping a hundred people came to Cleveland to talk about content marketing that year. We had 600. And of course we just celebrated our seventh year. We had 3,500 uh, marketers come from over 50 some countries. Uh, It's just amazing to see sort of the growth. We have over 200,000 in our audience right now that come to us on a regular basis. Most of our audience are Fortune 5000 companies. We consult, we advise with, uh, I think we've advised with like 40% of the Fortune 100. It's really ridiculous how the people that we've had the opportunity to talk to. And it really all started with something very simple. We just delivered regular consistent content on an ongoing basis. We built an email subscriber list. And then from there, we just started diversifying off of that. And then the revenue started to come in. So in 2010, I mean, we had no revenue coming in. It was all basically me consulting and speaking. That was the only revenue we had going in. And then by 2015, we generated over $10 million in revenue. And it was at that point where I was like, okay, we're now at a point where I think because the goal, but my wife and I, our goal was always go to, could we build up enough value in this to sell? That was the year we did it, you know, and then 2016, we sold the company. So it's Congratulations, just, by the way, <laughs> thank you. It's a, it's a fairy tale story. It actually worked out. Everything's worked out, uh, as planned, except I didn't anticipate in 2009, uh, basically going bankrupt. Uh, with my two small kids, because we couldn't figure out the revenue model. And, you know, from Content Inc., you know, you read that was my 2015 book, you know, I had to wait a little bit longer. So it took another year, a little bit uh, by a year longer than I anticipated, had to figure out scrap for some, some money until we got to the point where we were able to generate revenue from CMI in the middle of 2010. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Uh, you do good for the community. I mean, it's funny if you talk. You talked about Airbnb and GE and all these people. I can reach out, Jonathan, Jonathan Milton Hall, who's the CMO of uh, of um, Airbnb. He used to run content over at Coca Cola. I just reached out to him and he's like, man, you guys are great. The stuff you're doing is amazing. You know, our team counts on you, you know, happy to help. I mean, he was so his door was wide open before I even reached out to him because he was reading our stuff. But don't you I think- mean, that happens over and over again. I mean, it's so it, it makes it so easy to go contact these companies and they say, oh, my God, yeah, our whole team reads your book or we listen to your podcast and all this stuff. And I, you don't even have to sell. There's no hard selling anymore. It's just basically, you just ask for something and they say, oh my God, yes, absolutely. We'll send 15 people to Content Marketing World. I just, it blows me away.
0: But, but what an advantage. You know, you think about um, kind of the golden, the golden rule, you know, scratch their back first. Think about mm-hmm. how many businesses you've helped essentially for free. I mean, sure, the book costs 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. But I mean, the podcast, the I get get Chief Content Officer Magazine, you know, all the things that you guys essentially do at somewhere between free to cheap. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have helped so many of the rest of us. No wonder it engenders good feelings back towards you and your brand, to the point that you have such a big on audience that UBM wants to come in and buy you guys. You know, I think about Warren Buffett, how much he loves buying businesses that have reliable cash flow and reliable, you know, market share of the customer mind. You know, I know you got Al Rees endorsing your book who wrote Positioning 25, uh, years ago, right? <laughs> but... But when you consistently help people at a high level, I don't mean fluff, I don't mean some 23-year-old intern, uh, "Hey, go ahead and put some posts out." I mean you guys are honestly trying to help people get this done without you. No wonder when they've got the real problem that they would want to call you to get your help.
1: Well, thank you for that. I mean, but I mean to be honest, the model that, you know, we built and you're building and and then we're trying to go ahead and teach, it, I really don't think there's any better way to communicate. I mean, who wants to advertise their way to success? Nobody, if you if you even can today. I mean, isn't it all about if I can just deliver value to my customer, to my audience, that's all we're trying to do. And I mean, I Don Schultz is also one of the people that uh, had a nice little quote on the back of Killing Marketing this time. And I, I took in school when I was at Penn State, I had his book. His book, IMC, was part of my curriculum when at Penn State when I was through the master's program. And I remember vividly, That he said, you know, you take the four P's, you take anything. Any company out there can duplicate what you do in anything. They can duplicate your product, your pricing, your position. They can duplicate everything except for how you communicate. That's the only thing you have to differentiate. Well, if that's the only thing we have to differentiate, we better put everything we possibly can in delivering value in the communication side. And so, you know, then go back to your, you know, all this, you know, good karma or whatever you will, the golden rule. Now, Don Schultz and I are friends. I'm friends with the guy that was the God to me, like when I was in college and all because he just, you know, he liked what I was doing. He's like, man, you you know, you're paving the way for a lot of these companies. I'll help you out. I just think that, you know, I, I, it's funny we're having this conversation because I don't even believe it. I don't believe. Yeah, yeah. We're, I don't believe this is like real stuff anymore, especially when... I just got done a couple of weeks ago going into a, you know, a big consumer brand that's just trying to do this. And this type of concept is so far away from what they're trying to do because they're all all the marketing is in their product areas. And the marketing people, basically, they create collateral. It's all about design. There's no, like, really adding value around the customer experience. It's all around how do we make the product better, brand better, which is fine. But you've got to remember, that's not the most important thing anymore. That changed years ago. If you have the best product, you not you will not necessarily win. So what do we do? we got to communicate the best. That's
0: possible to do. So I actually think this is a good place to pause for just a minute to tell you about one of our show sponsors. I was actually pretty excited when Skillshare reached out. You know, a lot of our listeners know I'm a real learning nerd, really into the audiobooks and things like this. And these guys have a ton of great classes. Um, There's like 16,000 classes on their website. But you only pay one monthly price. You don't have to pay per class like a number of the services out there. So it's unlimited access with a low monthly price kind of thing. But the, the breadth of the classes and the quality of them, I'm actually really impressed with. I was on there for just a few minutes and I had like a dozen classes I've, I've saved to take. There's stuff on social media marketing, mobile photography, logo design, just all sorts of things for growing a business or creative things. Um, and what's nice is they're letting me give away a free month. Um, if you go to Skillshare.com slash leader, uh, you can get a free month. Um, The class that I would recommend for sure right off the bat though is from Seth Godin. I'm a big Seth Godin fan, read all his books. A lot of my friends are too. But he's got a class on there called the Modern Marketing Workshop that I I really could not recommend enough. It's, I actually think it's better than a number of his books because it's super broken down, specific how to's, answer this question for yourself, make a plan, write it down. Um, It's not as much general Uh, marketing advice. It's like specific. You need to do stuff different if you watch this. Anyways, Skillshare.com slash leader, get a free month. There's tons of stuff on there worth checking out. But but, uh, my personal recommendation, the Modern Marketing Workshop by Seth Godin is the one that uh, I think you should at least check out. Anyways, let's get back in the interview. Well, in case anybody is not sure, I am completely recommending they go to audible.com and download the book yes. immediately. I, I, for us, right? You know, this episode, we're getting paid to produce this episode. Skillshare is paying us to produce this episode today. And we have had things happen. Like you talk about not selling. I, I got my first sales job when I was a 15-year-old kid. I feel like even as CEO of companies, I've just been top sales guy, right? But the idea of not having to sell, we had a $4 billion a year agency. I had a senior executive write me an email. Just listen to your podcast. Um, this is exactly what I needed. Thanks so much for producing it. I need personal help uh with our innovation and leadership. I have a budget to hire you. Can you call me It's like the, the best email any sales oh guy's my ever God, received right? that is. Especially if I'm a $4 oh, billion dollar a- oh agency God, with 7,000 staff, you
1: know? That is, that is. Uh, the, I got to tell you this because it's exactly what happened. And it was one of the best moments because we were just getting started. So this is about 2012, 2013. We were just getting ro- rolling and I was asked to go in, I better not say the name of the company, but I was I was asked to go into maybe the most prestigious media company I've ever been in. And I was asked to talk to their sales team about selling, you know, content marketing consulting services. And I went through in my first slide just to give me some credibility. I said, we've advised and consulted for these companies up here. And it was like, you know, maybe 20 of the Fortune 100. You, know, you could just imagine all the companies that are on. It's a great slide that shows all the great companies that we've worked with. And there's a, there was a, a hand raised there and said, you know, these are all, all the companies you have on your slides. That's all the companies we're trying to target. It's like, how did you go out and get that business? And I said, they filled out a form on our site. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no. I'm like, yes, they filled out a woo-foo form on our site. And I and we got it and said, please, you know, from the chief marketing officer, would you please contact us? We need your help. And Jeez. it's almost laughable.
0: <laughs> it is laughable. Because how but... hard could you work getting past gatekeepers, trying to sell somebody who doesn't think that you have something to add, right?
1: Oh yeah. And it's the same thing. You know, we, We've done a lot of work with consultants like, and consultancies, and they're like, oh, I don't want to give everything away because then if I give it all away, they're not going to need me. And we're like, well, first of all, if you don't give it all away, they're not going to know how great you are. If you're going to keep it back, because somebody else is going to give all that information away. So, you know, what are you going to do? And then I also say, well, if somebody takes all that information and they're going to go ahead and use it themselves... You don't want that person as a customer anyways. You want the ones that say, that's too hard. I want to pay somebody big money to do that for me. And look it, there's a company out there that does it already, and I subscribe to their podcast or videos or whatever, and it's and you, they don't even need to do a background check, right? They don't even have to do an RFI. Yeah, with they've been or, doing
0: a background if, check on you for weeks and months. They've been listening to your show or watching right. your videos, That's right, they already right? know.
1: They already believe it. And the, the best thing is is when we go, because a small portion of our business is advised and and Robert Rose runs the advisory division. We are never in a situation where we're competing with anyone. They reach out to us, they say, here's what we want, here's what we will pay you for it or they'll just match it nobody has ever said that's too much. like nobody even ever it's we don't ever have price issues or anything. They're just like, oh God, I believe in you, I want you. are you available? let's make it happen And you know of course, this is after seven years of doing this. Uh, over and over and over again, but and now it seems easy to do it. But man, I mean, the why? The the proof is in the pudding, right? You're seeing it. I'm seeing it. Of course, we're trying to talk to people that are listening to this just just to get the religion to try it, and it absolutely it absolutely works. It's just it's just hard to believe sometimes. No kidding.
0: Well, listen. Um, one of the things we like to ask all our different guests, and it's fun to actually have a marketer on the show for this one, is we've got a charity called Child Rescue. It's Help Child dot org. We we try to combat child sex trafficking. So we've got uh awareness campaigns like prevention campaigns at American high schools. We just built help build an aftercare orphanage in Cusco, Peru. Sometimes we pay for law enforcement trainings or actually send some undercover guys with law enforcement in, in the developing world that need some help. If you were our advisor Trying to, have a, trying to help us get more people who want to get involved in, in helping us um, you know, get these kids out of these cycles of poverty and abuse. What, yep. what would your advice be to us?
1: Well, first of all, what a wonderful cause. So I wish you the best with everything with that. So just keep doing your thing, regardless of the bad advice that I'm going to give you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess what I, I would almost have to ask you a bunch of questions, but I'll ask you real quickly. your Who is who's your, who's your core audience that you're trying to target and what do you want them to do? You know, I think that
0: we want to get more of kind of upper-middle-income America to donate, and I think we want to get um, more people to, like, come on the trip and come down and volunteer at the orphanage in Cusco and have a personal experience so these kids aren't a statistic anymore. You've actually had a real-life experience with them and go home kind of cemented to the cause.
1: All right. So you have volunteers and underwriters, two different audiences, right? Okay, so the one thing that I would – so right there, you've got two fairly broad audience audience groups. Mm-hmm. So what I would think that you were going to do, because you can't boil the ocean. Those are too broad. Even if you get upper middle, like you, you want to keep going deeper and deeper. Well, is it upper middle class in this area of the country? Is it this county? Is it this city? Is it the – you know, go – Maybe it is, maybe it is't we sure it 's upper is it you know what does that mean? How much money, how much disposable income do they need? you know get specific. Who really yeah, really get really, really get specific because where most of these programs go wrong is the audience is too broad, and the differentiator is too broad mm. your, your story is too broad. It sounds to me like your story is is absolutely niche, like I think you 've got a story there i don 't think you necessarily have to work on oh, we have to go more niche into the story unless there's 50 other organizations that do what you do. I don't know. It sounds like there's probably not. So, I mean, you tell me. So if you go to your audience, you're like, okay, well, we have all these kinds of, of donations. And maybe then you're like, well, maybe it's not a monetary thing. Maybe it's uh, you know, how these people are bent or if they're sympathetic to certain causes. I would spend weeks drilling down on your perfect persona and who you're trying to target. And then once you do that, you're like, okay, where are they hanging out? Do they, do they watch this video? Do they look at this? Are they on these YouTubers? Because you want to create a list of influencers where those, uh, where those audience people are already at. So you don't have to go and just create it fresh. You can leverage off of other platforms that already have those audiences. And then you can really start to figure out, okay, well, now we know that audience. Now we know what specific type of content we need to deliver to them. So – you 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 haven't even created any content yet. We don't know yet because we don't know the exact audience. Then go to the other side, the volunteers. Same thing, right? Of course, do you want anybody to volunteer? But who really would volunteer for this? What kind of people are they? You know, how do they vote? What do they think? What uh, what do they share on Facebook? You know, you you want to know more about that audience than anyone else, and then you figure out well, where are those people at? Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do so much work to find those. So. You know, I don't want to go into I mean, we could go into, you know, an hour and just try to dissect this whole thing. But what I would say is where most companies fall down is they ha- they're targeting too many audiences at the same time or their audience is not targeted enough. They think it is, but it's not like somebody would say I had this conversation the other day. They said, I'm like, who do you target? I'm like, they target engineers I'm like engineers like electrical engineers you know civil engineers like who are we targeting i'm sorry there's a woodpecker like right outside my window <laughs> so there's it's like it's about ready to it's like looks like it's going it's like to come huh? through my office anyways i'll keep talking about it but yeah i'm like engineers isn't specific enough you know what kind of engineers are they what do they like to do where do they where do they hang out you know they like to drink coffee in the morning i want to know i want to know what toothpaste they're using so that I can figure then figure out what kind of content will resonate with them and what their pain points are, what keeps them up at night, so that they're going to go back at you and say, wow, this really resonates. I'm going to subscribe to this video series or whatever you're going to podcast on a regular basis. I'm going to subscribe to them. I'm sympathetic, empathetic to that cause. I want to get involved. And then you really, really have something. And I and then my last Uh, recommendation would be focus on one at a time. Those are two really significant efforts targeting two very different audiences. Do one first and then start with the next one.
0: I love it. Well, listen, I want to be respectful of time. I really appreciate you making so much time for us today to close off here. Besides everybody going to Amazon and Audible and, and buying copies of Killing Marketing, what's, what's one of the best pieces of advice you ever got?
1: Um, I, I read a few books when I got started into business. Uh, one is Think and Grow Rich. The other, oh man, I can't believe this this, uh, this knocking. Can you hear that knocking? Just a sister. little bit. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, Seven Habits by Stephen Covey. 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. I sort of took all those books. And the thing that has helped me more than anything else is I wrote down three to four very measurable goals In four and five, six different categories. So what are my philanthropic goals? What are my career goals? What are my family goals? What are my spiritual goals? Uh, What are my health and fitness goals? And I put put numbers to those very specifically and I review those every day. And there's probably no greater credit that I could give for actually selling the company than every day looking at when I'm when do I want to sell and how much do I want to sell it for? Because if you focus on that every day, you focus on the right things. You don't get bogged down in email. You don't do strange things. You focus on the things that are right in front of you. And these are the goals that you need to accomplish today. And that is the thing that, that I just can't live without that. So, you know, writing down your goals, be very specific with them, make sure they're measurable, review them on a regular basis. I don't think you'll find anything that will help you more than that.
0: I love it. Let's end there. Uh, but I really appreciate your time today. Oh,
1: thanks for the opportunity. That was fun.
0: That was part two of our interview. If you missed part one, please go back an episode and download the episode before this one for the first half of the interview. As always, please check Collective co for show notes of things referenced during the interview and to learn more about our guest. And if you're interested, we'd love to have you learn more about the charity Child Rescue. Go to the menu page on iCollective and click on Child Rescue. Thanks so much. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at The Home Depot. More saving, more
1: doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.